It is Thursday, August 24th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Blue. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well. We will not be doing a tip of the cap today because, quite frankly, I don't feel like it. For those of you that are joining us audio only, I am wearing an Angels cap because I'm sad, I'm depressed, I'm upset, I'm hurt, I'm teary-eyed. I'm everything because the greatest show on earth has a partially torn UCL. We have got to get to a lot of this Shohei news. Uh, Let's start with it. They found out in between the doubleheader sweep that they suffered at the hands of the Cincinnati Reds. Here is Angels GM Perry Manassian. Our relationship over the last three years, it's based off communication and trust. And uh, we trust him. He trusts us. You know, we listen to him. He knows his body. He knows where he's at. And, you know, he never, you know, he needed a blow and needed, a, needed to skip a start. And he said, fine. So, um, again, I think this was something that happened today. I don't know on what particular pitch, uh, but I think we saw a decline in velo. And, um, it's, again, it's unfortunate, but it happens. And, Again, if I was to bet on anybody bouncing back, and he'd be the guy. What was your reaction when you first heard it? Oh, uh, disappointed, Um, sad. I don't know, man. Like I, I go back to a lot of different things. You know, I know this is about Shohei, but I think about the Angels fans. I think about how they've just been kind of toiled with even the last couple of years. Nice start last year. Uh, go for it at the deadline this year. Uh, keep Shohei, all these things, these these joys they have, and then they go on the losing streak, and then Mike Trout's out, and then Shohei's. I really hope he's not going to have to go under the knife for a second time, but I, I, I just felt sad, to be honest with you. And, um, you know, I, I hear Perry talk about their relationship and – I think this is wrong for me to say, but I'm just I'm just really just speaking like, you know, from the heart here and just kind of letting all the raw emotion come out. Was there ever a time that they talked about, hey, like the team's not going to make it like, let's do what's best for you. Show it was ever any proactive talks like Mm -hmm. that. And now I know that should come from Shohei's side, too. So there's there's some stuff there as well. And, you know, I'm very close to Shohei's side. I very I don't ever talk to my former agent Nesbolello about Shohei. I just don't think it's right. I don't think he wants to talk about it anyway. Um so I don't, I'm not talking like there's inside information here. I want to make sure everyone knows that. Uh but I think maybe on both sides like a proactive talk could have been had here. Like hey, the team's not doing anything. We got a guy that's doing something that's never been done before, putting this much uh work onto his body. Like maybe let's let's protect him. He's given everything. Let's protect this guy. And and I don't know if those conversations were had, but it doesn't seem like they were. I know they skipped that one start. Um, but you know, seeing Shohei over the last couple of weeks, it's a lot of stuff, a lot of signs pointing to this. And it wasn't necessarily the, the UCL, but it was the back and it was it was different things. You you saw him grimacing and kind of like feeling his body throughout the last week or so and you know, now we got this. And uh, again, I, I really hope it doesn't come down to a second Tommy John for him. Um, but that's what happens when you tear a UCL. That's usually what you have to do. So I, I 
to answer your question, like it just, it was sadness. And like I said, I, I first thought of the angels fans and just like what they've kind of experienced. And then it went to Shohei and then it went to, man, I wish there would have been more proactive talks about this because he's so, he means so much to everybody in the sport, not just angels fans. I really feel like he's the one player, maybe not the one player, but one of the players that I feel like belongs to the sport. Like everyone roots for Shohei. So it's, I know he's an angel and angels fans love him probably the most, but the collective fans of baseball root for Shohei. And now I feel like everyone's just sad, Chris. Like that's kind of my gut feeling here. And and again, I just, I just send good vibes this way. Hopefully he can rehab this and everything goes smooth and he continues to be this guy, you know, going forward wherever he plays next year. But right now it just, it's sadness, man. It really is. I was crushed last night. Everything is relative. He will come back and at the very least be hitting baseballs 440 feet for somebody, maybe even next year. I, um, I stopped watching the angels game in the fourth inning, probably of the second part of the doubleheader. Michelle and I wanted to watch something at that point. We didn't know the news, but I checked my phone right before I went to bed and I was like, what, what? And I kept reading and I just got more and more sad. I'm also upset with myself. When we do this show, try to come up with five meaningful topics every day. And I remember about four to six weeks ago, you go, you know, people are kind of sick about talking about Shohei. You know, like they're getting Shohei fatigue. And so I started to kind of say, all right, unless Shohei really does something big, we're really, really, really not going to talk about it. Guess what? Now we don't have to talk about him as much. Because the That's greatest not what I show, well, but you understand what I'm saying, is that we as as a sports society, think about this for a second. Some people got so tired of talking about a shooting star that we had to move on to something else. And now what? Now we might not have it anymore. And certainly at this level. Because if he does have to have a second Tommy John surgery, the odds of him coming back to be the pitcher that he has been over the last two seasons ain't great. Ain't great. Not a great percentage I can put on it, but there's it's something out there. It is something out there. And so now, this is exactly what this country is all about. We take shit for granted all the time. All the time. And we don't appreciate what we have. Until what? Until it's not there. And now, we might not have this ever again at this level. So I certainly hope that you enjoyed it. I'm not saying that it, it, it's not possible that he can come back and be the dominant hitter and the dominant pitcher he is, but we all know what we're dealing with here. So now what? Is that it? Like, this is it for our lifetime? We're never going to get to see what we've seen over the last two years again? It pisses me off. It makes me angry. And I'm I'm upset with myself that maybe I didn't appreciate it enough and didn't didn't scream at the top of my lungs enough for everybody in the fucking sports world to pay attention to this because that's how fragile it is. I love your passion, but I think we did see Rosie. I think we did talk about him a bunch. And I know specifically I said, get your butts out to see this guy. Yes. Anywhere yes. he comes, go get 
a ticket to watch this guy play because it was so special. So I I don't think I honestly think that you're wrong about that, C Rose. I think we talked about him plenty and we did spread the good word of Shohei around as much as we could. I think a lot of people around baseball appreciated him. I really do, man. Oh, and and yeah, like I feel like we're talking about like this guy, like he's dead. He ain't dead. No. I'm sorry. He's gonna be he's gonna be okay. Now whatever we have to see how this goes whatever team ends ultimately ends up signing him they're going to have to really sit sit down and figure out a plan going forward with him and and say hey look this is the way we think is best for you to continue to operate at the capacity that we think you can operate what do you think and there's going to have to be a joint plan and how this thing going forward the angels to their credit you know they did as best they could with it this this is this is not the Angels' fault. I don't want people to think this is the Angels' fault because how do you deal with this? Nobody would know. If he, if he got traded, Chris, if he got traded and hurt himself with this new team, like think about what would be said about this new team. Like we would be bashing them like crazy. I don't think we need to do that with the Angels. They, they, I think they did as best they could with Shohei. Now, okay. again, I just, I just said maybe they should have been a little bit more proactive as – they lost after the trade deadline after they were out of the race. I mean, we're talking this, <laughs> the trade deadline was only 20, like 20 something days ago. They went all in, they gave their top prospects away to get, you know, Giolito and all the other guys they brought in. And then in about 10 days after that, they were out of the playoffs. Then they should have started having the proactive talks about, Hey man, like you've done so much. Let's, let's do what's best for you. But I think they I think that they've handled it like I said a crazy kind of situation as best as they could. So I feel like I feel like there are going to be some people mad at the Angels and I don't mm-hmm. think that that is right necessarily. Well, I I'm not mad at the Angels, but I was shocked to read this morning that he's been in the lineup every day since May, May 2nd. That's alarming because I'm not so sure the human body can take this. There's two other points I want to make before we move on to something else about Shohei and his future. Uh, Stephanie Epstein of Sports Illustrated wrote a fantastic column on on Shohei, and she made this point that according to writer John Rogel's, I, I apologize if I mispronounced your name, John Rogel's exceptional Tommy John surgery list, 148 players uh, have undergone UCL re- reconstruction more than once. Only 87 have returned to play at any level in the major leagues, even accounting for the nine who had their second surgery this year and therefore could not reasonably be back yet. Those odds aren't great. That's just stuff to have out there. I also texted a few guys who have had this surgery before. And they said, well, is he definitely having it? I said, no, we, we don't know that yet. Said it's a partial tear. One guy told me, hey, I pitched for two and a half years at the big league level with a partial tear. So maybe it is possible. We'll see how all that, you know, moves forward. Speaking of which, there was a very interesting question posed to Perry Manassian last night. Give a listen. This is a workload no one's ever had, and I know the Angels have been cautious all the way through until the last year or two of letting him move this much. Does it at all give you doubt that long-term it's possible? Uh, Yeah, I would never put any limitations on players in general, especially him. So I think he's shown... You know, it's it's obviously possible to do and excel at it. He gave the right answer there. But what do you think? 
what's the question? Do I think he's going to return to the form that he's been over the last three years? Dude, we've said this all along that the most amazing thing about Shohei Otani is that he can physically do it. Well, now we've got questions about it. I mean, they're the same questions that anyone has had before. How long can he do it? I mean, he's this he's already had TJ before. So this isn't like something that hasn't come up. I know understand I understand the second Tommy John is different than the first Tommy John, but I, I, this look, it's gonna organizations that are going to go after this guy, it's going to cost him a lot of money still. They, everyone knows that it's uh, he's, I feel like we're talking about like a guy that something super, super tragic happened to him. I, I just don't think that's the case here with Shoei. I think he's going to be on the baseball field next year. I think he's going to be doing great things. I think it's, it might take a few years. If he, I mean, obviously he has TJ, he ain't going to be pitching next year, but, of through the length of a contract that he's going to sign, I think we we are going to see him back on the mound. We are going to see him back in the box hitting bombs. Like I I don't think at all that this is the last hurrah of this great Shohei run. I really don't, Chris. Like in my mind, no. I think he's going to come back and he's going to do it. I think he's going to be okay. Now it might not be next year, no, but be. years after that, I still think we see Shohei doing what he's done over the last couple of years. I'm, I hope I'm, I'm confident right. in that. God, I hope you're right. And I hope I'm just having kind of an immediate, you know, pick the scab reaction. Maybe. Really. I, I hope that's what I'm going through uh, because I want to see him come back. And, and so that if it's in 2025, then on this show, we're talking about the remarkable recovery of Shohei Otani, where he's hitting second and leading a staff. I will pose this to you. Because yep. usually you ask me the questions. I'm going to ask you one right now. Do you think that this changes workload going forward? Do you think it's inning limitations? Do you think it's maybe we, maybe we, I don't even know. How could you, how could you, six man rotation, they've already tried. Like, is it something different than that? How do you think a team that signs him approaches his pitching? Let's just say that it's a partial tear. He rehabs it, goes into spring training healthy and, built up relatively. How do you think a team handles that going forward? Is it an inning limitation? Is it pitching once every 10 days? Like I, I I don't really, I haven't really thought about this This is off the top of my head. I'm curious what you say. It gets us to an entirely different discussion to me. I think he is sitting down with his camp and trying to figure out what is best for us to present to people. Is it the unknown which means, hey, listen, he's got a partial tear. You've had plenty of pitchers that have had partial tears. Well, here's a whole list of guys that have pitched through it and pitched pretty well. Or does his agency say, listen, dude, even if it's a partial tear, fuck it. Go get it repaired so we can tell everybody what's in store for the future to the best of our ability. Like To me, it's like a fascinating discussion of where we go next with the most sought-after free agent possibly in the history of sports. It's a good question. And these, all these conversations are going on right now. I have another question for you. I, we're, we're talking about Shohei a lot because it, it, it need, we need to it's talk biggest, about it. It's the biggest topic in the sports world. So, okay. I'm going to let people in on a little bet that I have going. No money exchange, but Randy Wolf, former pitcher in the mm -hmm. big leagues. Uh, him and I uh, are friends. We were talking about Shohei. And I don't know how much Randy follows the game 
like how how closely he follows the game right now. So we had this discussion about Shohei and his contract. This was months ago, months ago. Um, and I said, man, Shohei is going to get $60 million. And he's like, you're crazy. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, he, he's like $40 million a year. I said, dude, Randy, you're out of your mind. You're not uh, like guys are already getting over $40 million and they're not Shohei Otani. Justin Verlander's getting it. Max Scherzer's getting it. So he was kind of out of touch there. And I said, all right, let's, let's make a bet. And um, then I said, I'll say 50. And then we had like an arbitrator guy and he said, let's go 45 M's per year. And I said, done, take it. And so Randy and I have, uh, you know, just a friendly bet on $45 million AAV. Hmm. Who wins oh, that bet? I, I think that, with the news um, we have now, before, yeah, because think... before this news, Randy was losing that bet without a freaking doubt. Now um, you have the, you know, what do you think? I think that, uh, I think that's a really good number because I think what's going to happen is he's going to sign a contract with an early opt-out, a very early opt-out. So I think he's going to be willing to give up money. Like he might sign a four-year deal or something with a two-year opt-out, which would mean he might not pitch year one, but he'll pitch year two, and then people will be able to see something. It might be a longer actually term deal, but 45 I would say more just because two things he produces like Aaron judge in the batter's box. Okay. He doesn't field or run like Aaron judge when Aaron judge's toe is okay. So he doesn't do that. Well, he does run like Aaron judge. What the fuck am I saying? He does run like Aaron judge. So he just doesn't like field. nobody. Yeah. He, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't field. but what he does do is he increases the marketability of your team, even without yes. pitching. He changes the dynamic in your local market and nationally, your footprint. So, yeah, I think it is still over. But I do think that this next deal, instead of it being 10 years for $600 million or eight years for $600 million, I think it's a shorter deal and there's going to be an opt-out because he's going he's gonna to have to prove that he can still be the two-way player. See, that's where I've, my mind has kind of gone – for quite some time now as I think there before this injury, I think there were going to be some players at that 10 year, $600 million uh, number. But then I was like, you know, well, if other teams wanted to get into this bidding, I think that there might've been shorter AAV. I mean, excuse me, shorter years, higher AAV contracts. I think that's, that's what we might see now, which would, which would make it possible for, some of the smaller market teams to to be in this because teams don't necessarily care about short deals. Uh, ask any GM a one year. There's no such thing as a bad one year deal, no matter right. the AAV on it. So I think some teams might entertain that. See Rosie, like hey, like especially if it's a partial tear and he and he's pitching next year. I think I could see some teams saying we'll give you, we'll give you uh four years, you know, two twenty something like that. And maybe Shohei takes that if there is an opt out after the second year. I think I think this has opened up the floodgates for a ton of different contracts. Now the stuff I was talking, Coach Trev was all over the messy deal, uh, you know, with the uh-huh. with the MLS and Shohei's going to have to think like that. I think some of that might be gone now. Like he doesn't, he's not going to have the leverage that he possessed before this news. That's for sure, and that's that kind of stinks. All right, last point here, and then we got to quickly move on. 
Do you think that the injury news makes it more or less likely he returns to the Angels or has zero impact? I mean, to be, I, I still think there's not a big chance he goes back there. I think there's like a really small chance, but I would say it increases it a little bit. I think it yeah. brings them back into the fold of uh, of offering the short term deal. But like, I still think it's very. I I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I, I'm in that same boat. Dylan Hernandez of the LA Times wrote that column, and that's why I went there. All right, today's episode of the uh, of baseball today is sponsored by these guys at Shady Rays, which really comes in handy so I can hide my tears behind my sunglasses. I want you to take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with premium polarized shades at a very affordable price. Plus, we've got a brand new kick-ass offer. Now you can get 30% off the custom Jimmy and Jake collab shades with the code JM30. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Shady Rays. It offers a world-class product just as good as any expensive pair out there on the market. Durable frames, extremely clear optics, and that's not all. You've heard me talk about it. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in the history of eyewear. Every pair of these bad boys, backed by lost and broken replacements. What does that mean? If you break them or you lose them, even on day one ownership, you call them up. They don't want to hear your sob story. They'll say, no problem, Mr. Rose. We have your address on file. A new pair is coming your way. How great is that? You can live guilt-free in the sunglass world. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays has given out their best deal of the season. So I want you to head on over to ShadyRays.com. Use that code word today. You're going to get 50% off. Yes, that is half off two-plus pair of polarized sunglasses. And reminder that you can get 30% off the limited edition Jimmy and Jake collab shades with the code JM30. I actually tried them on, wore them, felt them, looked at them, felt their aura at the floorball tournament. They are unbelievable. Very cool stuff. Very cool stuff. All right. Obviously, it's been a lot of Shohei talk. The guy who beat him out for AL MVP honors last year, Aaron Judge. Remarkable last night. Not one, not two, but his first ever three-homer game as he helped New York end its first nine-game losing streak since 1982. All this coming mere hours after their GM, Brian Cashman, held a 22-minute press conference to talk about the season. Been a disaster this season. Um, and, yeah, it's a, definitely a shock. Uh, certainly, uh, I don't think anybody on our side of the fence, uh, from our player group, from our coaches, or manager, or even outside the organization, saw would have predicted this. We've invited... A lot of scrutiny, a lot of questions. Some of them will be legitimate. Some of them will be bull****. But we got to be professional and deal with all of it and try to sift through what's real and what's fake. Is is it as simple as New York has to get physically healthy or do they need to clean house? Executives, dugout, locker room. Uh, I mean, I... I don't know the front office really well enough outside of cash to know if they, if they need to clean house. I, I I will say that going into the season, I wasn't that high on the Yankees, although I, I think I did. I predicted them to be in the World Series only because my son predicted them to be in the World Series. I want people that to know like that. And I, and I just I just ran with it. Phillies, I think I picked Phillies, he picked Yankees. Uh, but if you looked at like the roster construction, I, I don't think there was a problem with the starting pitching. You know, you went in, you you had the idea of having 
uh, Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon, Nestor Cortez, even, you know, guys like Frankie Montas and, and all of those things. Like, I, that's, I don't think that was the problem. The bullpen has been really good for them this year. So, and, and, and on that side of the ball, I think they were good. The offense was never really constructed to be a great offense. I mean, if you look at guys that they have, you know, on the roster or, or had on the roster to begin the season, I think it's only three guys have a career OPS over 800 and it's judge it's Stanton who, you know, they know, you know, as an organization that Stanton's not going to play 140 games, he's going to play 120 probably at best. And then it's Anthony Rizzo. So like you went into this year with a pretty like sub optimal offense and if one of those guys gets hurt, especially the big fella judge, you knew that the depth necessarily wasn't there to carry the team. So now you're focusing on being a team with starting pitching in a bullpen. That just really doesn't seem like the Yankees. So I think there was some roster construction flaws with the Yankees. I don't think the depth was there. I think they could have done more on that side of the ball. So that's kind of the front office's fault. Now, do I think heads need to roll? I don't know. Cashman's been there for a long time. Usually, GM turnovers much quicker than – I mean, he's had a long run there. A Ordered very, century. very long run. Yeah. That, that, but that to me, that doesn't mean he has to go just because he's been there for a long time. I, and In fact, like I think that GMs should probably have a little bit more time for things to figure out. I'm not a big, like, let's turn over everything all the time. time. So, what's that? More time. I mean – Listen, the I'm not saying he there. needs more time. I'm saying there's other guys that have been fired too quickly in the in the sport. I think there's I too many, it. you know, uh, musical chairs going on yes. with front offices, uh, in my opinion. But that's not so, this case. There's been a lot of stability for both the dugout. When I mean, do I, I think you're asking me? Do I think when, Aaron? You're asking me? Do I think Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman need to be fired? That's yeah, the question. So answer it. I I don't know. I don't. I don't think that's just going to magically solve the problems, Chris. So like, that's not like that might be, that might appease the fan base. I think a 100% would appease the fan base. So there's that aspect of it, but who are you going to bring in? You better have someone ready to come in and then you better have your fan base expecting to go through some lean times as Mm -hmm. you bring in a front. Yes. As you bring in a front office, they're going to want to do things their way, which means they're going to get rid of some players. They're going to try to trade for some people. They're going to try to restock the farm system. That's what they're going to do. There's not one GM that's going to come into the situation and say, I can fix it this year. Unless unless all of a sudden the Yankees act like Steve Cohen or the Rangers yeah. and just go out and, and, and buy Shohei or, and go into free agency and ball out. They haven't done that in quite some time. See, Rosie. So... You know, th- this is a very loaded question. I-, I think that I think that they will end up making those decisions. And I don't know if Aaron Boone's going to be gone. I'm not really sure about that one. I think Cashman probably will end up either transitioning into a different role, you know, in the in the organization. I think they do make a change at that position. I don't know if it's just going to – and I want Yankees fans to understand that. I don't think it's going to change things overnight for them. Like, I think it's going to be a-, a laborious process for them to get back to where they want to be. So looking ahead, correct me if I'm wrong. There's three, four things that you can count on moving forward and feel great about if you're a Yankees fan. Aaron Judge, 
Garrett Cole. I think I would throw Volpe in that group. I think that he, even though he's a sub-700 OPS guy, I, I feel good about kind of a guy who's 21-22, the athleticism he brings. I think he's going to be a solid player for them. And the bullpen. The bullpen has always been very good. Doesn't matter what names are out there. At times, has it struggled? Yes, but every bullpen struggles. This has been one of the best groups over the last five, six years in baseball. Other than that, there are question marks galore. And shame on me, because I remember the day on this show that I said, I think the Yankees have the best rotation going into the season. I really thought that. But now you've got Carlos Rodon, who has had more question marks than answers throughout his career, even though he was great the previous two seasons in Chicago and San Francisco. Nestor Cortez, was it a flash in the pan? Now he's got a rotator cuff issue? I don't know about that. When was the last time they developed uh, Luis Severino? I have no, It is the biggest question mark this year in, in baseball. What the hell happened to that guy? I'm happy he got a standing ovation for him. I know it's been very tough. He seems like a decent dude. I've always liked him. I've liked the way he pitches. But in a walk year, this has been an unmitigated disaster. And then... Is this finally the time where DJ LeMahieu just turns into an old guy where Anthony Rizzo can't be counted on to hit in the top half of the lineup? There are so many questions to it seems. They don't have any catcher. They're not going to have a center fielder next year unless they bring back Bader on a short deal. Like, there are question marks all over the place. All over the place. And I put that on the front office. I put that on the front office. When was the last time they developed a starting pitcher that they could rely on. The hell, it was supposed to be Davey Cruz, who was untouchable, and they just got rid of him. Like, there are a ton of question marks, and I know that Aaron Boone has had his issues. I think he actually, part of the reason he's going to stick around is the way he handles uh, the media. Did I not say Davey Garcia, Dan Rourke? Sorry. What about him? What? What is? Why is Dan bringing him up? Did I miss I something? I don't know. Well, I, was, well, I didn't I call did, him Davey Cruz. I was just... Sorry. Yeah, sorry, I said Davy Cruz. Davy Garcia is what I meant. Yeah. Sorry, I got on a rant. Thank you for fixing that. But you understand what I'm saying, right? I think Aaron Boone is going to stick around because he handles the media really well, and I think he's got a good temperament for New York City. I do, too. Seen... I, so, I don't think Boone's the problem at all. I, I really, really do not. And, and you don't want – I mean, look, that is not an easy job. The manager of no. the Yankees? Now, so, like in some of the rosters that they put out, it could be an easy job. No offense to Joe Torre. Uh, but like giving Boone this and then expecting like him sitting in front of the media and having to answer questions. And I know people get mad at the way he answers questions, but go, hey, newsflash, go around to every other manager in the league. They all answer questions the exact same way. Not true. By the way, could you imagine Who? Pedro Griffal? For a month okay. up in up in New York, okay. what the fuck? Okay. He would so he's look better like? than Pedro. He's better than Pedro Griffal. I'll give him that. But they all answer around the same way. Like there's information they they'll give. There's information they're not allowed to share. I mean, every time that I walk into uh, like you know the Twins clubhouse and I'm doing my stuff, like like the front office is in there talking to Rocco. Like they're they're communicating about. You know what's going on, what information that he's going to give during his presser, all this stuff. Like it's it's a joint effort. So like, I I, re I think Aaron Boone has been completely fine. Now you want to question some in-game moves? Fine. That is going to be the case everywhere. Yes, everywhere. everywhere. And you have never you've never heard a player, a player from the Yankees, come and say anything disparaging about Aaron Boone. Hmm. 
like, and that's a big deal. Like, so to have the support of your clubhouse is big. To have your guys back is big. I know people get mad at that sometimes. The managers have their players back too much, and they want, hey man, like let's hold some people accountable. I feel like he's done that enough. Like, there are times where maybe he could have done it better. Aaron Boone's not the problem. Now you mentioned like player development, and that's a whole different issue. Uh, like that's that's a huge overhaul. That's not just Cashman being gone. All of a sudden, they're starting. They're going to start to develop players. I mean, that's that's going from the bottom at the bottom bottom levels all the way up. That's a a tremendous undertaking for an organization to to do to revamp their minor leagues development system. Like, and they maybe they should. It's going to take some time. So I I just I I don't know. I'd be careful. The devil you know, right? The yep. devil you know. We'll continue to watch that. Uh, let's race through these last two, please, because we've got really long today. AL West is as interesting as it gets. Texas, which has lost six straight, still holds the top spot. Houston lost a tough one last night to Boston in extra innings. They're a game back. Seattle's a game and a half back after they lost at Chicago. Just answer this first half of the question. Which team do you like most over the last six weeks? I honestly like all these teams. I think all these teams have a legitimate shot at running to the World Series. Give me I do. What I you s- like the most? I do. Okay, so you're asking me who I like the most right now. I I still I still think it's the Astros. Okay, thank you. I still think it's the Astros. I, I I don't really have a good reason, Chris. You didn't let me explain that because we're gone long time about Shohei and the Yankees. It's gonna be a big episode for us. Um. But like the, all these teams do different things well that can put them into that World Series and and, and just have tell a me why you like run. Houston the most. Is it because they're starting to get healthier? That Michael Brantley could be coming back. That Jordan, even though he's got bad fingers, still going to be okay. That Altuve's swinging it well. That Verlander's pitched really well. Just give me. I one think thing. it's. I think overall, I like their roster the best, and I like their experience the best. Like mm-hmm. these guys have been there, done that. They understand what it takes. The bright lights aren't going to scare them away. That's why. I'm with you on that. And to me, they still have question marks, right? Fromber has not been right the second half of the season. Um, I don't know. They do have some question marks for me, but I'm not going to pick against them. You see what I'm doing right here? What's that? Turn the bright lights on, Chris. You're right. As a guy that never played in the playoffs, you can come at me all you want, but I know that when you flip the script, to those playoffs, things get different. Guys get a little tight. Guys get a little nervous unless you've been to six straight ALCSs. Mm-hmm. And I do believe I didn't check the schedule last night because I was too sad, crying through my tears. I couldn't see. Um, I think they all play one another down the stretch. So oh my fun. gosh, it's a mess down the stretch yeah, for them. I can't wait fun. for it. Yes. That's fun. Uh, finally, kind of a very cool scene at the U.S. Open. A Miami Heat guard, Jimmy Butler, came out and played kind of this little fun where they're mic'd up celebrity sort of deal. He got to hit a little bit with uh, Carlos Alcaraz. Um, stud, by the way. Kid's a stud. If there was one thing that you could have participated against a pro athlete in some other sport out there, what would you have tried your hand at? This is like for me right now. This is it. Like playing Carlos Alcaraz. Are you kidding me? I probably wouldn't try to play him. Maybe I go like Taylor Fritz or someone like that. Like a little little further down the totem pole. Uh, can you imagine me and Taylor Fritz on the same court? Ladies would be going crazy. Uh, but I think always for me it was I want to run routes for like an NFL quarterback. I love catching it. the football, and I do it. I, I get to do it all the time now, which is awesome. Uh-huh. So I think this is. I mean Butler. I've heard is pretty good at tennis. I like to. I like to challenge Jimmy Butler. 
to a match. I'll say that right now in front of everybody. But this is awesome. I mean, Carlos Alcaraz is in line to be like the next great, yeah, great tennis player. He's kind of like almost already there. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, and, and Jimmy wanted him to like fire a serve. I, that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see if he could return one. I just thought it would be a little fun. Um, I always had a question with my buddy Matt Yalov back from our CNN days. Oh my gosh, he I know had, that name. He had the presumption. He goes, I could get a hit off a of Tim Wakefield, 10 Tim Wakefield pitches. And I was like, there's no fucking way you would even touch one of his knuckleballs. What do you think? You could? I think that's the best chance for an uh, amateur to get a hit off someone as a knuckleball pitcher because they don't all knuckle or they don't all flutter the way they wanted to flutter. Okay. Got it. Now, right. Tim Wakefield, yes. R.A. Dickey, I'm not so sure. Like the harder knuckleball was different. And he threw a lot of fastballs in there, mixed it up. Wakefield was mostly just slow knuckles. Right. I would, okay. take, I would take Wakefield, yeah. That would be fun. That would be fun. I, I know this was a beefy episode, but hopefully you stuck through the entire thing. Everybody hey, just did we, You didn't even mention it's Kobe Day today, people. It is happy, Kobe Day. It was his birthday yesterday. So happy belated birthday, Kobe. And then today, 824. If it means anything to you people out there, go get the work done. Whatever you think, oh, I can't do it. I'm yep. too tired. Fuck that. It's Kobe Day. Yeah, his his workouts, 245 in a gym are legendary. There's, you can think whatever you wanted to think about Kobe Bryant, the, the person. And there was a wide variety of those thoughts. You would never question the guy's desire and work ethic. So that those are that's a good word of advice, no question. Uh, I am traveling tomorrow to Kansas City for my final preseason game. Jolly Olive will be back with no what? Jolly Olive is out. Possibly finding a replacement. Might just run the show myself. What? Yes. Oh well, then we're gonna have to we're gonna have to regroup. You and I might have to regroup and and no, we're good. We're out. good. I got it, man. I might have you, to do, do it tonight, thing. or or I might we might have to do like a six a.m. special before my flight. We'll figure it out, but I think I'm just gonna let you do your thing. I'll, I I got it, see Rosie. Okay, all right. Well, we'll figure it out. Uh, for our one of a kind producer Dan Rourke and the uber talented and always hardworking Trevor Plouffe, I am Chris Rose. We think we'll see you Friday on Baseball Today.